Good morning. Today we'll be studying uh, the first chapter of Hilchut Tefillah, Uvirkat Kohanim. And let's go right into it. Hilchut Tefillah, Uvirkat Kohanim. The laws of prayer and of the blessing of the priest, the bened priestly benediction. There are two positive instructions. First, to worship God uh, through prayer every day. And the second is to for the priests to bless Israel every day. And the expansion and clarification of these mitzvot will uh, follow uh, in the following chapters. It is a positive instruction to pray daily, as it says. You shall worship God. Uh, it was taught in the oral tradition. That the worship that's referred to here is prayer. It says, and you shall worship him with your whole heart. The sages said, uh, in regards to this pasuk, which, what, uh, which service of the heart, the heart are we referring to? This is prayer, tefillah. And this is actually a gemara, uh, one of the first sugyot in Ta'anit, Amud Daf Bet Amud Aleph. And the uh, number of prayers every day is not uh, from the Torah. The Torah did not stipulate how many prayers an individual has to pray every day. And the formulation of the prayer is also not uh, from the Torah. And the prayer does not have a specific time uh, from the Torah, rather the mitzvah from the Torah, again, is to pray once daily. Therefore, because there's no time limit on prayer, women, uh, slaves, are also obligated to pray as it is a not uh, time-bound restricted uh, mitzvah. Now just to preface a little bit, um, there are two ways that man and God uh, can communicate. Uh, one way is nevuah, prophecy, and the other, and that is initiated by God, and the second way that men and God can communicate is through tefillah, and that uh, is um, initiated by men. The word tefillah um, comes from the Shoresh palal, uh, which implies pleading and judgment. And in a way, when we pray, we're pleading with God uh, to judge us with mercy, to give us things that we're not worthy for. And it's truly... Um, one of the most important ways uh, humans can ex express themselves and early on in our history, 
Uh, we read a few weeks ago in the parasha on Shabbat that Abraham Avinu uh, prayed uh, on behalf of the people of Sedom uh, for, in order for them not to be destroyed. Rather, the obligation of the mitzvah of tefillah is the following. That an individual uh, must plead, pray and plead every day and say the praises of God. And only after does he uh, ask for things that he needs uh, with pleading and with supplications. And after that, he gives praise and thanks to God on all the good that he has bestowed on him. Every individual, according to their own ability, can expand uh, on these ideas. But this is the basic uh, outline of the Amidah we have today. And originally, uh, the structure of the Amidah is the same way that we have it. At first, an individual um, praises God. Second, he asks for things that he needs or wants. And after that, he gives praise and thanksgiving for all, for all the good that God bestowed on him. There is a lot to analyze here uh, and in regards to the structure of the Amidah, uh, but time does not allow us to get into it too much. If an individual was fluent and able to expand on these ideas, then he can expand and add to the pleading and to the supplications. But if a person was not articulate, he says according to whatever ability he has and says, uh, pleads with God and the supplications based on his own ability and any time that he wants. And so too the amount of times a person would pray. Every individual would um, pray according to his own ability. Again, it was something that was subjective at first. But the obligation to pray once a day was the uh, bare minimum. There were people who would pray once a day, and there were people that would pray multiple times a day. And everyone would pray facing the sanctuary uh, any place that it would be. There are one explanation for this is that uh, because was moved to a bunch of different places in the Midbar and also in Shiloh and all the various places in Eretz Israel. the people uh, would face the sanctuary and the Mishkan uh, wherever it would be. And this is how prayer worked always uh, from Moshe until Ezra. When the Jews were exiled in the days of the end of the first temple by Nebuchadnezzar, they were mixed and exiled into Persia and Greece and the various nations around. 
And they had children that were born in these uh, states. And those children, their languages were mixed. And their speech and their language was mixed with a bunch of different language languages. Like, for example, they probably spoke Hebrew at home, but outside they would speak a different language, whatever that language would be, and their tongue would be mixed up. Whenever he would speak, he would not be able to express his needs adequately nor eloquently. Rather, it would be incoherent. This is a fascinating, fascinating pasuk from Nehemiah that it says that the children of those who were exiled, half they would speak half the language of Ashdod, and they didn't know how to speak Hebrew, uh, and they would their tongue would be mixed with uh, the nation, the tongue of and language of the nations that they lived in. And because of this, whenever one of, one of these people would pray, they, they, would not be un, they would not be able to, and they wouldn't be able to articulate any of their needs or desires, or to praise God in Hebrew, until, unless they would use other languages. Because Ezra and his court recognized the situation, Ezra and his court established 18 blessings in an organized and uh, in an organized fashion, and they said, and they had 18 blessings in in the following in in order. And Arambam is going to go into the order. Just a quick word about Ezra. Ezra Sofer was one of the pioneers and revolutionaries uh, the Jewish nation had. And he truly uh, transitioned the Jews from both once they were in exile, in exile, and once they were back in Eretz Israel, he, uh, him and his court established a number of different um, things and without many of the Takanot of Ezra, Judaism would look a whole lot different than it does today. And one of the things that Ezra established here, as you can see, is the order and organization of the Amidah. Halachavav. Shalosh Yishonot, Shevach Hashem. The first three blessings were praise to God. And again, this kept the original structure of praise, asking for needs, and thanks. So again, the first three were praise to God. And the last three were reserved for thanksgiving. And the middle ones. And the middle blessings have uh, requests. And the main request that an individual would ask both on a personal level and on behalf of the community. In order for these blessings to be organized and fluid 
uh, in the mouths of all the people and that they would learn it quickly. And so in order for the prayer of the inarticulate people to be wholesome just like those who uh, were fluent. And as a result of this, Ezra and his court established all of the blessings and all of the prayers in an organized way uh, for it to be um, fluid in the Jewish people. And in order for all the blessings and themes to be organized and fluid, even amongst those who are, are inarticulate. And there's a lot in this halakha, just a couple of quick notes, that Ezra, the reason why we have <clears throat> uh, the organization of the Amidah and the reason why Ezra HaSofer uh, did this organization and the 18 blessings, and the Amidah as we know it today, was in order for those who were inarticulate and those who weren't were not able to express themselves and their needs in an organized way. And I'm not sure many other nations that would uh, care too much about not about the, the regular people not being able to express themselves. Usually, the more aristocratic and wealthy people would um, make up the elite, and that's the only people that the politicians were worried about. However, clearly, Ezra did care about those who um, weren't able to articulate themselves and were probably the middle and lower class. But it just shows how the view and who the Jewish po political court um, focuses on. Another note that tefillah, the entire uh, language of the Amidah is in plural and it can be viewed as the Jewish national anthem, as it articulates our values and national hopes. Now, halacha zayin, halacha zayin. And this touches on a machloket, that the very famous machloket, uh, on the basis of tefillah, if it was um, instituted in place of the korbanot, or instituted by the avot, and there are a couple of different ramifications for that. And Harambam here, we're going to see is posek that the tefillah was established keneged uh, korbanot. But in Hilchot Melachim Perek Tet Halacha Aleph, he does say that the Avot prayed uh, respectively, that Abraham prayed in the morning, Yitzhak prayed in the afternoon, and Yaakov prayed at night. Halacha Zayin. Vechentikinu, Similarly, Ezra and his court established and instituted uh, the, that the number of prayers daily should be uh, the number should be reflect should be just like the uh, number of korbanot that were brought daily. Two prayers daily just like in the Mikdash that they would bring two daily korbanot, they would bring two lambs every day in the Mikdash, one in the morning and one in the evening, afternoon, sorry. Every day that there is a korban musaf, 
And every day that there was an additional Qurban brought, called Musaf, Ezra instituted the Musaf prayer uh, just as the Qurban Musaf was brought. And the prayer that is uh, opposite uh, the more the morning korban is called tefillat hashachar, the morning prayer, and the prayer that is um, <clears throat> opposite or um, was instituted because of the afternoon prayer is called minha. And and the prayer that is opposite and, uh, was instituted because of tefillat musaf is called uh, sorry uh, instituted because of the korban musaf is called tefillat musafin the additional prayer. Addition in addition to this, they established that every individual. Uh, praise once at night. Tamid shelevin harbaim mit akelin kol halayla, as the limbs of the uh, of the afternoon uh, korban uh, were being burned all night. Shneemari ki haola al mokedal hamizbeach kol halayla ad haboker. Kenyan shneemari erev haboker v'tsaharaim. So, in the Beit HaMikdash, there was the afternoon prayer would be burned on all night. As it says, the it would go up on firewood, on the Nizbeach, on the altar, all night until the morning. And as it says as well in Tehilim, that in the evening, morning, and afternoon, I speak and cry out to God. And this prayer is not oblig obligatory uh, to the same degree as um, the morning and afternoon prayer. And is an obligatory. All of the Jews. Uh, practiced uh, this and had it and, and yeah all the Jews practiced this in all the places that they dwelled in to pray Arvit and they accepted it upon them just like a uh, an obligatory prayer Similarly, they established a prayer after the afternoon prayer, uh, right after, right before, sorry, sunset on the fast days only. And this applies to fast days that they would, the public fast days uh, that the Jews uh, would fast on. Not the fast days that we fast in remembrance of the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash, and including in these fast days is Yom Kippur. In order to add supplications and pleading because of the fast, and this prayer is called the prayer. Ila. 
that the gates of the heavens are closed to the sun and they're hidden. As is only prayed right before sunset. The daily prayers are three. And on Shabbat and on the holidays and on Rosh Chodesh, there are four prayers. The three obligatory ones that are obligatory every day. And the additional prayer that we mentioned. And Yom Kippur. There are five prayers, the four that we mentioned, and Na'ila. These prayers, an individual is not allowed to pray less, however, he is allowed to add. If an individual so desired to pray all day, it is in, within his domain to do so. He has the choice to do so. And all of those additional prayers that he prays is like a voluntary uh, korban. As in the Beit HaMikdash, there were voluntary korbanot that an individual can bring. Therefore, if an individual wants to pray uh, additional prayers, for every additional prayer, he must add something new in that prayer, in one of the blessings, one of the middle blessings, uh, that is um, in, within the theme of the, that blessing. And even if he added one thing, it's enough to count as a voluntary tefillah. In order to signify that this prayer is voluntary and not obligatory. But the three, first three and last three blessings, an individual is not allowed to add any supplications or to add anything to it or subtract or change anything from them. Last halacha, halacha yod bet. En ha-tzibur mitpalelin tefilat nedava. If yish en ha-tzibur, mevi'in korban nedava. A congregation does not pray a voluntary and additional prayer because the congregation does not bring a uh, an additional korban. And again, this is one of the ramifications that, we, that I mentioned before about tefilot being um, in place of the korbanot. Because the, the congregation does not bring a voluntary tefillah, voluntary korban. An individual, if he wants to do a voluntary prayer, is not allowed to do it for musaf. He's not even allowed to do musaf twice, having one obligatory and one voluntary. Because Musaf was never brought as a voluntary offering. And there were some of the uh, sages prior to Harambam that lived in both in France and Spain and uh, Bavel, as we mentioned in the Hakdama, that 
that taught and ruled that it is prohibited to pray a voluntary prayer on Shabbat and on uh, the holidays. If you should end because on the holidays and on Shabbat, there was never a voluntary offering that was brought, rather, only the obligatory uh, korbanot of the day.